0: That one. Big green up close. That one's yeah. Sorry, thought I'd fix that. Who are you? I'm the doctor. Doctor who <laughs> To Where do you want to start, Doctor Who? The journey begins this Easter on BBC One.
1: Welcome to Time for Thirteen, the Doctor Who podcast. Um, we are going to be discussing Series Five and the uh, the first appearance of Matt Smith as the Eleventh Doctor. Yay! Joining me, as always, is Rob. Hello. Hey, thanks for coming along. Excellent. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one because uh, we, we have sort of uh, rebooted the reboot. Uh, oh, yes. We have a, a whole new creative team behind the scenes. Uh, the entire staff had been replaced except for like the high levels. Uh, new actors do everything, and, and all sort of old plot lines have been forgotten except the ones that were written by Stephen Moffat.
2: wow okay there we go well that explains that
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's sort of like he you know obviously when you you're taking over something like this you you sort of pick and choose what you want to follow up on and he had said you know we're done with jackie and mickey and like basically all of that stuff that russell t davies had done like i'm start i'm doing all my own stuff but then he sort of picked and chose and it looks like then river song comes back and it's like but that actually was from okay (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, that's that's funny yeah he gets to dance to sort of make his own mark uh and uh yeah i gotta say it's it's a uh it is very very different feel like i know we're we're sort of marathoning these and watching in a very close succession but just from sitting down and firing up the first couple episodes it is a, a whole new thing like the the amount of energy and ideas that are come flying at you right from the start, like he is, hits the ground running.
2: Well, it for me, OK, so this was where even though I've been a lifelong Doctor Who fan, this this was where I really came in and started watching the new show regularly from the first episode from the regeneration. Yes. For, um, well, because I, I didn't really get to see a lot of Eccleston or Tennant. Sure. And it was actually airing. So this was where, and I started watching them in, in, in piecemeal, but this is where I really dove in. Like life, my life at the time was a lot more, I had more, a little more free time, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I can actually watch this. What What I can't get over is after now going through Eccleson and Tennant,
1: mm-hmm.
2: regardless of the story, regardless of what makes sense and what doesn't, this just looks and sounds gorgeous.
1: Yeah. It's almost like they, they, they leaned into the HD era because even like the visuals have really jumped up. But
2: like, it sounds like they went from like a five piece band
1: to a, to an actual
2: orchestra with choirs and, and everything. And it just looks from the opening shot of this, it looks gorgeous. So I may be, I want to say I'm going to still be objective, Mm -hmm. but I, even I, seriously watching the whole thing again i was like wow i just can't believe how much better this looks
1: yeah it's it's right from the start to I be mean, even just uh uh watching you get know, of course you know now we're watching on big fancy televisions and all that right. kind of stuff, but just watching that even just that slow creep through the garden from the beginning it's sort oh. of like oh wow and and i feel like uh, watching uh, uh big bang uh, last night or whatever the the color palette Yes. Doc- so that's something I hadn't really noticed until I was watching it again and I was very, became very conscious. I read something about how the Doctor's tie is tied into things. Like, like because uh, the, the whole thing with Doctor, even in the opening, is the, the past is blue and the future is red. Or I had that backwards. But because when the, when the TARDIS is traveling through the opening credits, it's going one way and then it's going the other. So it's going the past, it's going the future. And they, they, court, they color coordinated his bow tie to be if he was in the past or he in the future. So he's wearing the red and the blue. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And I noticed that. And so I watched it again and suddenly like this color scheme sort of popped out to me and I started looking back at clips of the other ones and they really, really brought up that they must have had a, a different uh, DOP or something. Right that went in because like even just watching the the opening because in in big bang they when they flash back to the 11th hour the the blue of the the bench she's sitting on the blue of the door the red of i mean like it's it's very very vibrant in terms, and it, that has to have been a deliberate decision
2: oh that uh, I, I you can't that that red pinwheel yeah in the opening shot says it all like yeah. it's no it, it's
1: gorgeous yeah it is, it is it's a visual feast as they yes. say but and it uh, sounds but,
2: and the audio too oh yes I mean the music and the sound effects, everything. It's just wow! What a total difference!
1: And so we'll get into that because they really set the palette with what I think one of the best of the of the first episodes of Doctors. You know, when the Doctor first shows up, it can be a little hit and miss. Some are, are better than others, and I say this has got to be one of the the best, uh, just standalone episodes for a new Doctor establishing himself. Oh, absolutely! Uh, and and a new creative team establishing themselves, and that of course is the eleventh hour. AKA.
2: Okay, so now this is the first time I am using a previous Doctor Who episode title Ooh. as the alternate title for this one. Okay. Which is The Runaway Bride. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: <is> absolutely true <laughs> because this is
2: way more the one run- runaway bride than the runaway bride. Yeah. Um yeah. my only if I had to get silly, I actually <laughs> almost half wanted to call this one Doctor of Steel because oh. because okay. I constantly get With the whole prisoner zero, right? Uh Like you get you get flashbacks of Man of Steel with the Zod message to the Earth (laughs) saying you got to give up the son of you got to give up Kyle or we're gonna destroy you. Like even
1: the ship is a little (laughs) crystalline. No,
2: completely, (laughs) totally had Man of Steel flashbacks in this, but I'd still stick with the Runaway Bride.
1: Okay, I like it. Uh, it, And 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 I also like that uh, very clearly um, Stephen Moffat is a Douglas Adams fan because there's a couple of just very light homage things to, to big ideas that are in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh, that is very on the here. Uh, one of the things like, being the perception filter that Prison yes. Zero uses that you can't see. You can only see it out of the corner of your eye. That's an SCP. That's a somebody else's problem field from <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because it's the thing that when you look at it, it instantly goes in your mind and says, "Don't worry about that. That's somebody else's problem." And it just makes you edit it out. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, so we get to we get to see our, our new doctor, who's uh, you know uh, the TARDIS is on fire because of the regeneration. If he knows the regeneration is going to be like that, why do they keep regenerating inside the TARDIS? <laughs> like you know, it's going to cause destruction.
2: Well, or at least just just keep it parked.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, like, or, or or just you know, just step outside. Right, but eh, you know, I guess they're, they're usually not in the right minds by the time they get to that. Part, but most so. times,
2: though, I think in the in the in the uh, the lineage of the show, it he, most of the regenerations are inside the TARDIS.
1: That is true, and also they're not usually that explosive. I guess right. when we watched uh, nine regenerate into ten, uh, that was it was pretty much just a standard like Wah! and then boom, there's the new guy. I don't think they quite expected because I guess maybe because 10 cheated and stole the regeneration. Maybe it has extra stored up.
2: It it also has something to do when whenever you have an excuse to blow up the set. (laughs) That's
1: true. Yeah. Burning it all down so the next team can bring it all up.
2: Which, which, okay. by the way, side note again, because I came in, I came in religiously watching this at Matt Smith. Wow. Is the new TARDIS interior shocking?
1: Yeah. Especially from the sort of very stripped down, like it went from like a sort of an Apple store look. Uh, and then they stripped it all down to the roots of the of the tardis everything like the coral theme is like right. That. And now to have a very I guess steampunk is that? Too oh, far it's to steampunk go?
2: Oh no, this was total steampunk, especially at the time. I mean when it was yeah. I think it was at the height of popularity.
1: and the well, I like the multiple levels the you know, multiple like, levels the are great. You can, have, you can have lots of different angles in the tardis when you're you're shooting it and stuff too.
2: But uh-huh. most importantly, I am thrilled we are back to a flat-sided console. Oh, okay. I I will tell you this as a classic Who fan. I despised mm-hmm. the round console. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Interesting. So I'm happy they went back to that
1: controversy. Sort of. I, uh, yes. I don't, I don't have what feelings the round versus. Square. Oh no, it
2: had you know, it has it has to be flat. So it has to be
1: a. I'm interested that the, I also like the fact that they have then tied in the. Uh, sonic Screwdriver to the theme of the TARDIS. Oh, and now correct. we've established that the TARDIS can create or recreate Sonic Screwdrivers. Right. Because at the end of the thing, bing, a new one pops out and suddenly he's got a different Sonic Screwdriver than he had before because, you know, as you know, we're both huge Sonic Screwdriver fans. Exactly. And as, I also, was, as I was watching as he's running around and, and, you know, using all the Sonic stuff too, I was like, hey, I bet, the, I bet the calculations for how to open the door in the 50th anniversary are running right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, funny. Spoiler. But yes, yeah, <laughs>
1: ah, that's true. Oh, that's very funny. Yeah, I didn't think of that, but it's like every time one gets destroyed, I was like, do the calculations transfer? Do they go to the cloud? Is there a is there a son of screwdriver oh, cloud great. the doctor has established? How, how does it when they get destroyed? How does it go from one to the other? Because the program has to keep running. But would be wobbly. Uh, no, but course, you know, the universe will be rebooted by the end of the season here. So.
2: Um, yeah, that's true. The uh, no, but I'll tell you, I you know what I what I took away from this was. Uh, First of all, interesting that, and I know, I think Moffat has said this, that, you know, this was a regeneration story where the doctor doesn't, is not asleep, right? Right. Normally he's resting. Yes. He doesn't get the chance to do that. And I, and I really got to say, I know there's people who don't like, who didn't like Matt Smith at the beginning. I find this to be very refreshing and He immediately gets the whole, and and yes, it gets a little tiresome by the end of the series, (laughs) but the boyish, the man boy Uh bravado, it's, it, it actually, he, he owns it immediately. Like you, 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 by the end of the episode, you're, especially with the great little closing end there, which I do want to talk about. He owns the role. He's the doctor.
1: He really is. I, I, I had the same thing too. Like when he first got cast, I was like this kid. Yeah,
2: 26, 26 <laughs> yeah, years old. Yeah, right? Exactly.
1: Like, I mean, w- but the thing I find so fascinating about how he chose to play the doctor is not the eccentricities and the running around. It's the fact that he's the youngest actor to ever play the doctor and he plays him so old. Yes. Like he really is yes. playing as an old man running around and like, and sometimes he'll just have that stillness where it, like you, you really feel the 900 years. Yes. Absolutely. And, and no, for it, a young actor to be able to pull that off, that is, is pretty impressive.
2: As we always say that acting is usually what pulls mediocre stories out from their mediocrity. Yeah. The, it does it here because he, yeah. I mean, you get a very big complex nature of this, of this performance that mm-hmm. it's an old person He's and he and he's and it and a lot more emotion that you're seeing where he's conflicted. I mean, I I I actually have more appreciation, and we'll get to this obviously in a couple more episodes. I think this watching this again gives you a lot more appreciation for Capaldi. Mm, okay, because I because I cause, and 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 really like in ways that I didn't expect. Um, it's just really good, and I and I love. There's a couple things that got tiresome by the sure. end of the series, but I like it. It's a great performance. Um, I love Roy. Yeah,
1: Roy and Roy and he's a, he's a great dude because he's our, our every man. He's our ordinary guy yes. looking at all this stuff like, oh, this is not normal. This is weird, but he's extremely intelligent. I mean, like compared to the doctor, right? You know, it doesn't seem like that, but he catches on to stuff really, really quickly. Exactly, I would rate his emotional intelligence very high. And Amy is interesting. Amy is very interesting. Uh, The thing I I find is is they cast her and then immediately went, "Wow, this woman is fabulously beautiful. We should probably (laughs) write that into the show." (laughs) Nice. (laughs) It becomes a a recurring thing. And yes, she is. She's an interesting one because she is the one who, of all the comedians I can think of, is the one who is very. Aggressively attracted to the doctor and not afraid to to mention it.
2: Oh, we'll get into that. Oh, yeah, no that that plays out more in the in the entire series. Yeah, of course.
1: they they really get into it. which which to to some critical
2: uh, that was a controversy. Yes. I think.
1: Oh, yes, very much so. People For the series, the but the doctor right. being a any type of sexual being that that really right. struck people the wrong way. And uh, and I get that. I, I can I can see there's there's some of it too because I think they play it really heavy handed here through through the series they, they sort of it evens out a little bit as it goes along especially as as we get as amy sort of figures out what she wants from her life and and you know and and picks the right guy but it's it's the first time we've ever seen anyone that we, we've there's been allusions to it and, and this apparently seems to be a recurring thing for moffat because moffat oh, yeah. really is is interested in exploring this idea because he does it a lot about is the doctor a sexual being or not there's a lot of allusions to things that he might have done in the past and
2: oh and and to his relationships and moving yes. forward or backwards right. or whatever they may be <laughs> yeah no that's and that's throughout all of matt smith's t- time i mean that's obviously yeah but a lot it of time seems to, to be
1: that. that like it's uh the doctor has a very firm stance on relationships no work relationships right. no <laughs> the companions are 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 not are off limits. So, you know, well,
2: I guess that, you know, the thing, the thing I always love about this episode, even though I think the attracts are weird well, and the whole, a lot of it is kind of silly. His final, the scene where they do, which I love that they do whenever they, and I don't, they kind of don't have to keep doing it because it's been done enough. I think for the most part, but the final scene where he finally has the final confrontation with the Atraxi. But when they do, and I mean, when you hear it, it's one thing, but when you see it, yeah. when they do the cascade of all the doctor's uh, faces, yeah. really well yes. done. It's
1: a whole And then he, as he steps out into his, like yes. where he officially is, his uniform is, yeah, it's good stuff. But before that, uh, one okay. of the things I really like is is the doctor with kids. Oh, yes. It's very, very rarely do they do something like that, but the doctor could, and we get to see, in, in the very first scene, that the doctor, like Matt Smith, is really good with kids. <laughs> oh, wacky. Oh, my God. The, the, the
2: most perfect wacky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't have yeah, missed the, that. The, the, whole, the whole food yep. scene is hilarious. Yes, and,
1: that's, and that's what I have. So let's play a little of that just uh, towards the end after he's gone through the montage because it's mostly visual. Uh, so this is here towards the end. Hmm.
0: Funny. Am I good? Funny's good. What's your name?
1: Amelia Pond.
0: Oh, that's a brilliant name. Amelia Pond, like a name in a fairy tale. Oh, in Scotland, Amelia. No, I had to move to England. It's rubbish. So what about your mum and dad then? And upstairs, thought we'd have woken them by huh? now. Don't have a mum and dad, just an aunt. I don't even have an aunt. You're lucky. I know. So your aunt. Where's she? She's out. Has she left you all alone? I'm not scared. Of course you're not, you're not scared of anything. Box falls out of the sky, man falls out of a box, man eats fish custard. And look at you. Just sitting there. Do so you know what I think? What? Must be out of a scary crack in your wall
1: that is really really good. I mean the, the way they oh, when yeah. they sort of pivot like that and they're just like you know two people have they have this after this wacky food montage and they go to that and the next thing is them investigating the crack. And they they really do a nice job in this of weaving in like the the funny stuff with the horror with the sci-fi with the weirdness like they they, they it is it is a really uh a great episode in terms of that and some real fun visual stuff. Uh, there is the the gag where the doctor is he sees something but didn't see it. Uh, and then they do like the thing of him looking around the the area, like the click, 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 click as he's like looking around. Apparently they did that the old fashioned way. The, photog- the The photographer actually took thousands of pictures and he was crawling around, click, crawl, click, crawl, click. And they just stitched them all together. <laughs> oh that's great <laughs> sort of like, wow I guess it's something you can do when you're doing the first episode but like but get to episode yeah. 9 or 10 they'd be like we do not have time for you yeah we don't have
2: time for that that's great Oh, but yeah, wow. we, it's,
1: yeah, yeah, it's yeah. You know, the attraction with the jumping into bodies and stuff, and yeah, okay. I mean, it's like it's a it's a fun little gag, but I'm glad they become like a recurring, you know, villain thing because it's well, it's I all did about the Doctor. So it's it's better oh. to have a a sort of low end villain because you really want to focus on the new Doctor and and how and, and weird
2: thing about um, <laughs> okay, now whoever. I mean, obviously, this is something they did, but this episode starts an interesting thing about this mm. series. Um, what's up with stuff coming out of people's mouths? Yes.
1: <laughs> that does seem to be there's a couple things that like become a uh, signature recurring things. I mean, obviously, aside from like the crack and uh, you know, right. thezo, but yeah, there's a lot. there's a I didn't even think about that, but you're right. there's a lot of of things coming out of people's mouths.
2: a lot of oral appliances
1: yeah. used throughout this series.
2: Yeah. Just I mean okay sure, some there was some new m- makeup artist who was like, hey, I know how to do this really well, and they're like, roll yeah. with it. There you uh, go. Yeah. And
1: then do we have, I mean, obviously the crack opens up and it's a giant eyeball. Like that's a <laughs> that's a nice guy. Oh, yeah. And then okay, and then and then um okay, this is something that maybe there was a deleted scene or something. I, I can't remember this, but I, I didn't notice it in the episode, but I remember it. At one point, they discuss why is he prisoner zero. And the reason he's prisoner zero is because they don't want him on the record. Like, he's not prisoner one. He's prisoner zero right. because they're hiding him. They don't want anybody to know that they have him. Is that? Did I just make that up? Is that like? Well, no, that was, I'm pretty sure that was in.
2: I, now I'm watching it off of iTunes. I, yeah, I do okay, remember see, that. Okay, see, I watched
1: the episode and I don't remember them talking about that. But maybe I just, you know, spaced it
2: or Yeah. Oh, it's very, it's very, mu- it's very okay. quick. I mean, it's. Okay, yeah. yeah.
1: Maybe, uh, I, could, I don't want to see if it was, if I was, if you remember that too, or if it was just me. We get to see that a lot of allusions to future stuff will come along. Aside from the crack, we have the silence will fall. We have the Pandorica will open. I mean, Moffat is very clearly establishing that, like, he has a plan. There's stuff going on. There's things happening. And stuff that will not pay off for a long, long time. And also, he apparently had, like I said, he's a planner. He had figured out approximately what the series finale would be because he put a scene in the first episode that does not get explained until the season finale. Right. A wibbly wobbly timey-wimey thing uh, where, right. you know, we, we see um, young Amy Pond, uh, her, actually that actress's name is uh, Caitlin Blackwood and she's fantastic. They've reused her a couple of times uh, throughout this. She's Karen, Karen Gillan's cousin. cousin, which they, and they had never met until the day of filming. Right. She is sitting outside waiting for the doctor and the, tar- and then he arrives. But we, but uh, from everything we've seen now, he, she doesn't see him again until he shows back up when she's 20 like what <laughs> how that and then they, they right. explain until the very very end it's i, I love it already because I was as I was seeing that there's some real serious time travel stuff going on here and some weirdness
2: and moffitt probably does that yes. the best than anybody has yes. so far
1: yes absolutely so that was so that was a uh, uh, 11th hour I, it's a it's a great great episode just uh, even by itself uh, and and i also like the fact that the doctor is not really suffering from that much regeneration sickness through most of the episode i mean that's part of the problem oh, with correct. the doctor is that they always are weird for the first episode when we're just getting to meet them so it's right. always a weird a strained balance they have to to strike in order to have the episode that the doctor is but also the audience has to get to a new person running around as their favorite character but before before we get into episode two though uh there is a little piece that fits in here now this is the first time that the Doctor Who has done this, but they have actually had extra scenes. Now, this is something that Moffat will really, really embrace in the next couple of series. But this right. is the first time they shot specific stuff for the DVD because DVD and Blu-ray were were big, big business then. Not so much.
2: Wow, that's amazing. Because, yeah, that's these were for the D- the DVD yes, yes. release, they're, right?
1: There's two okay. shorts that they shot just for the DVD. They're only available as DVD extra. I don't even know if they're iTunes extras. Now that I think about it. Well, they are on YouTube. They're on YouTube. Well, they're, uh, one of them is on YouTube. Actually, because I, I was trying, I had to pull the audio. Oh, actually, before we, before we jumped that far ahead, uh, uh, we, we talked about it and I didn't play it. Uh, <laughs> here's a little bit of the the, the end of... Uh, oh, it's closing. Yes, he's a big monologue. Go ahead. Because this is, this is part of the thing is what we learn very, very quickly is Matt Smith is great at doing big speeches.
0: And this is the first yes. big one. Yeah are not of this world no but i've put a lot of work into it Mm -hmm. i don't know what do you think is this world important important what's that mean important six billion people live here is that important here's a better question is this world a threat to the attraction well come on you're monitoring the whole planet is this world a threat No. no. Are the peoples of this world guilty of any crime by the laws of the Atraxi? No. Okay. One more, just one. Is this world protected? You're not the first one to come here. Oh, there have been so many. What I've got to ask is what happened to them.
1: It's a great music cue there, too, as well. Oh, the music.
2: Again, the music is incredible.
1: Yeah, Yeah, Gold is really going out of his way in this time because you can feel he's re-energized by this, too. Oh, it's totally.
2: I mean, really. No, there's a lot to say for for creative when, you know, look at all of us who are creative minded, Mm -hmm. you you know, you you get to parts where you're doing the same thing over and over. And Yes. There is some wonderful power and energy that comes from rebooting things. Yeah.
1: so This is clear. So So. from this, Amy obviously runs off with the doctor and we see that it's actually after the year jump. uh, We see it's her wedding day uh, and and she runs off. The next thing you see if you watch the next episode is her floating out in space. Well, how did she get to the point where she was floating out in space with the doctor holding on her? Well, that's what the the first meanwhile in the TARDIS answers. Uh, There's a, a whole thing of her sort of freaking out about uh, about the doctor and why is she there and what is he like? And is he an alien? And like, it, she at one point she wonders if he's a like a, a squid thing living in a human body and uh, a space space squid. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so she's freaking out entirely about this and then he finally calms her down uh, and then uh, wants to show her some of the cool stuff that the TARDIS can do and that's where she, it's it's a four or five minute short. But this is this is how it ends.
0: Okay, yeah okay, I think I'm done there. <laughs> <laughs> you alien pong. You've barely stopped. Cats, do you know what I keep in here? What? Absolutely everything. Anything that you fancy? That space. Yeah, that space. But it can't be. But it is. But it's like, it's like, it's like special effects. Uh, well. I guess Get out. What? No,
1: seriously. Get out! That's right. He shoves her out the door, <laughs> and then grabs her ankle. And that's when you start the next episode. That's where we find them.
2: It's a little bit. Um, I was gonna say before it. the cued there you know it's it's flirting 101 yes. was my alternate title for this <laughs> <laughs> i feel like okay i mean she's scared but she's not really that scared <laughs> it's uh, really good oh yeah she's never really
1: scared but she it it's it's really worth checking out because it's a fun oh, yeah. it's just the two of them together and it's very you know, it's her first time in the TARDIS and she's. It's basically this marathon of questions. What about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? And just, you know, uh, on the verge of panic, and the doctor sort of has to, to to get her to calm down and answer her questions one at a time as they come flying at her. Yeah. You, uh, you don't have alternate titles for the meanwhile, so you're... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. Well, one. That,
2: that flirty one, to one but I do have
1: one for the one later oh, okay. on for part two. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, so then from this, uh, we go right into uh, The Beast Below, a.k.a. Zoltar's Matrix. <laughs> or... Wait, a, there
2: were, there were two, they were too good. Okay. Or Hotel California Galactica.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I can see we went with two of those. Those are both really good. No,
2: I couldn't, I could not pick between the two.
1: Zoltar's <laughs> Matrix.
2: Zoltar's Matrix. I mean, because, okay. <laughs> I really love this episode. I know it's kind of weird, uh-huh. but the visuals again, Mind blowing, and it has one of the great. Well, okay, I don't know how much. You know, here's the thing: this is a this is a crazy concept. And Hotel California, Galactica, yeah. you know, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> we're out the remnants of the UK Starship UK yep. out trying to find a, another civilization. We used up the Earth, yep. whatever. Yep. Um, okay, craziness going on with yeah. the with the Zoltar, like you know, <laughs> yeah, fortune teller machines, uh-huh. and and it's and it's weird, and you're like, what's going on? And and then you know, you get to the end. And you realize, and the queen is in there and all of this yep. stuff. But what was amazing is it's got, I mean, it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. It's a little scary. It's, it's wonderfully produced, Yep. but we have one of the greatest scenes of the doctor put getting himself put in check and getting, you know, he's so full of himself yeah. that it takes the companion who he r- rudely discounts Oh yes. and she's the one who saves the day. And I'll tell you this, here's, here's the great thing second episode of this series and immediately now you have completely solidified the doctor companion relationship.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Where he respects her
1: completely. Now, even even after the, these, this sort of a uh, decision she made that she doesn't remember making that he's angry and like, and betrayed by her that she would ever try and keep something from him, which is a, a mortal sin in this doctor's eyes. Right. And finds the humanity. Like that's the interesting thing about Amy is that she is able to Reach people on that human level. We'll see that later in the next episode. Actually, is as, as major thing. Too, Absolutely, she able to sort of get people to emotionally connect with her. No, I like, I, I did I, not have fond memories of this episode. I was like, oh, that thing of the space whale. Okay, great. <laughs> and then I watched it. and I was like, this is really good. Like, I really enjoyed yeah, right? it so much more than I, I think I had before.
2: And even and even with the even with the ridiculous like the Jurassic Park plot device. You know with the glasses of water and the, you don't see the vibration honestly it was i really enjoyed it way better than i remember the first time around
1: yeah and apparently there was a uh, a cut line or scene uh where they talked about uh the other countries did this too uh that they had uh their other which, they talk a little bit about uh, scotland scotland of course wanted its own ship and so it was out there but other countries were doing this too but at some point the I'm not sure, starship uk a i don't starship know, uk yeah, yeah uh had closed its borders like basically they're they like like we're not talking to anybody we're not dealing with anybody there and so that's why they were sort of off on their own oh interesting yeah and then we see liz 10 that's a big thing liz, liz x and then the, uh, the thing with the uh with the mask was really a, a fun reveal, and yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah. Doctor Good is born like too. Yeah, it, was, it, it they always have to have like the monster and stuff too. So like the I don't even know what those guys were called the the fortune I mean, teller the judges. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't quite fit in with the, <laughs> no. the what we learn later. It's like why then do you have people going around killing children because of it? But. That's like, hey, you need a you need a a, a monster, and it's a great visual of the the happy face that slowly gets more and more angry as it uh, yeah. as you as you disobey more.
2: It's it, it, I I am perfectly happy to give a uh, to give a pass to the creative director of this episode. <laughs> yeah, hey, it was just cool. I was like, okay, fine. Yeah, oh, I'm so, not going to get into the fact that when they're when their heads turn around 180 degrees, there's a third head, right,
1: <laughs> and even a fourth. I think at one
2: point, a four- yeah, like I'm like, I'm like it's just, okay, it's
1: just swapping where we don't see. Yeah, it's fine. Let's move on. <laughs> so from here they get a call from the uh from Churchill. And so they have to run off to back to World War II to the Blitz in Victory of the Daleks, aka
2: Ex Dalek Machina. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is this is uh, an interesting one. Once again, we have the Dallas coming back again. Like, okay, And Winston Churchill, obviously, he does a he does a great job as as Winston Churchill. We get to see a little there's there's this this history between the two, the doctor and Winston Churchill, which is interesting. Uh, That was fun.
2: And side note, I love the actor Ian McNeese. Yeah. Um, and I only—I'm just this is a little side note. I love him because okay, when my when our daughter was growing up, she was younger, we would play Joseph in the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat oh. with Donny Osmond. Yeah, that's on right. repeat. Yep, he plays P- Potiphar, yeah, Potiphar. Potiphar in that. And he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yes. He's he's a hugely versatile British actor. Yes. Just I love him. Yeah. He's great. He,
1: and he does a great Churchill. And he even has reprised the role for uh, Big Finish. So there's a bunch of oh, uh, cool. Doctor Who World War II stuff that he does that he does Winston Churchill in it. Yeah, it's fun. They We get into some of the effects of the cracks in time because Amy doesn't know what a Dalek is. Right. The things I like, I like uh, the, the scientist uh, that they bring on. Uh, Bracewell. Bracewell, yes. So they bring Bracewell. A, Bracewell. I think that's that's a really interesting thing. It's a, he's a a Dalek spy essentially. Like we could see a Dalek make a human, which will become very important later on. And then as he actually turns out to be a bomb uh, to cover all their stuff up. And then that's another great scene there too, where like we were talking about, where Amy uh, has to reach him. On his uh, humanity, in order to get him to stop from exploding, to to sort of go away from the fact that he's a robot thing and remember the human side of him, uh, and that's a great little scene where where she gets him to remember his lost love uh, and get there. And then also he gets a nice ending too, where he gets sort of sent off. Like you should run. They have that thing where they're trying to get him to run. And World War Two, obviously, they the the writers yeah. seem to really like going back to World War Two, but I don't really get the. What the they they made such a big deal of like we're rebooting the Daleks again now they're in colors and they're specialties and these are real Daleks not those other Daleks those guys were psh, no these are the real Daleks
2: here's the deal I love well first of all I love the British I love the Ironside Dalek, yeah like I think yeah. that's very cool. Yeah, this it it's
1: a good visual, especially when I I
2: love who whoever whoever did the little pro, uh, period propaganda posters. Those became <laughs> a huge marketing thing because they're really well done yeah. and they're totally cool. Obviously, this was an opportunity that they were going to try and we're going to completely redo the dialects they've been mm-hmm. the same for all this time. I remember hearing this was a big controversy. Yeah. I kind of like it. I think they needed a bit of a, an update, mm-hmm. you know, they're bigger and uh-huh. bulkier and they got more stuff and the, and yeah, the colors, how can you, how can you, you know, a new paint job obviously will fix anything. Right. You know what? I mean, I just, I found the episode fun. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I re I love the play between Churchill and the doctor, because one of the things I think that this addresses Davies did this with tenant. Mm-hmm. I love when they address big gaping questions in your head that you never get addressed in the show. And in this one, it's, you know, I could save millions of people if you would just give me the TARDIS. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and no, and I, and I really got to say, like, yeah, I, I, I'm glad that they addressed that because when he shows up in these actual period wars and massive tragedies and things that go on, you know, you want to say, you know, you, you, you could just save everybody. And, <laughs> and this is and this is addressed in the Pompeii episode and all this other stuff. But I love the fact that he has the conversation and he, only, and he does it where he's like, look, you know, I can't do that because uh, timeline is the timeline. And mm-hmm. even though bad things happen, good things come out of those bad things. That's what that's what the implication is. I really, I love the fact that that's, that's touched on. I just think that that's great. Yeah. And I think the ending is really great too, that, you know, I mean, again, Amy is proving herself to be, which okay, you said this at the beginning, and mm-hmm. I totally see, you see it in these two, two episodes. Yeah. You know, he, he Moffat definitely ignores a lot of the of the tenth doctor and his can his need for a companion, yes, but it's but it's done in his own moffat sort of way here yeah and and, and again, it's like completely ignoring what happened in the previous three <laughs> or four you know seasons, but it's done here in a way where you're still reminded that he yeah, he needs a conscience, yeah. Yeah, he and, will get full of himself here.
1: Yes, and he and he uh, will address that later on. We'll, we'll, yes. we'll talk about things he actually directly says, like, that why? Why? why well, here's why I need a companion. They sort right. of have to do a little... So it's <laughs>
2: not it's not the greatest episode, but I've no. got to tell you, I it, it's still, wow, on second viewing, third viewing, it's enjoyable.
1: Yeah, it is a lot of fun. And it, this is written by Mark Gaddis, who would go on to do Sherlock with uh, uh, Stephen Moffat. Uh, wow. And I think, uh, looking at, at the stuff he's written, and, and he will continue to write, He'll, he has a bunch more episodes coming up, I think this is the most fun He's he's done like the most fun episode he's written because he wrote The Unquiet Dead. He wrote The Idiot's Lantern and he'll write. So he'll write like uh, later on, he'll go on to write let's see the Crimson Horror. He'll write Sleep No More. I mean, like the most of the stuff it tends to be pretty dark, you know, like uh, sure. very serious kind of stuff, too. This is the one that's just like Daleks in World War Two. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm in. Yeah.
2: You I'll know, somebody excited. you know, you know, somebody designed that propaganda poster and someone said, I love that poster. We're going to write an episode yes. around that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Keep so them go. hovering, boys. There you go. Uh, so then, uh, from from a pretty typical sort of, um, we have a we had a future one, we had a past one. We're, we're following basically the uh, the the template of of nine. You know, we've gone to the future, and we've gone to the past, and, and so now we come to the point where I think the Stephen Moffat era really really starts, where he like throws open the doors and goes, "All right, let's get timey wimey, let's get weird." Oh yes. <laughs> Because we have the time of the angels, aka.
2: Okay, now you're gonna think I copped out on this, oh. but you're only, but but it's it's not a cop out until you hear the title of the of the the companion episode to this. So, time of the angels, aka aliens. Okay, flesh and stone, aka predator. Oh, okay. Because I wow, <clears throat> here's the deal. I love I, this is really cool in River yes, Song. And River
1: Song, the return of River Song.
2: So you have me at River Song. Yeah. But what's amazing to me is when watching these episodes again, back to back. Okay. The first one is a bunch of people getting hunted with a bunch of, of military people in one. a confined yeah. space. It's aliens, yeah. which immediately pivots to a bunch of people with military men getting hunted in a jungle. <laughs> That's true. It's <laughs> totally aliens yeah. Which pivots into Predator, and I was—you ah, know like, know
1: what—that makes me like the episodes even more.
2: <laughs> yes, it's—I mean—that is completely is, what it if was. Whenever
1: you wanted to understand the Stephen Moffat era, or like to have examples of it, this is it. Like this is oh, absolutely. pure eleven Stephen Moffat stuff in here: River Song, Weeping Angels, uh, Wibbly Wobbly Timey Wimey stuff, uh, oh, the, oh. <laughs> like. Uh, some real drama with Amy. Uh, you've got multiple timelines, on quarter- I mean, like, there's so much s- spoilers. Like, there's just so much stuff packed into these episodes. Being scared
2: of something as as typical as a
1: statue. Yes. yes. <laughs> and then we get, to, and we get to see the angels move for the first time because we. Yes. Oh yeah. They have a, not only do they have a, a the quantum lock where, like, when you like basically if they get hit with photons, like, if you look at them, they like, but they actually. We'll, as a self-preservation thing, we'll do it by instinct. Like, oh, there's somebody there. I should probably not move. Right. And uh, it turns out they can. So, like, we see just every once in a while, just like, just the creaking of as, a, as an arm moves or a head moves. Uh, yeah, it's it's. There's a lot of really. I mean, there's just so much packed into these two episodes. It's some great, great River well, Song stuff.
2: Well, and it's it's you got River Song and you got you got her mystery expanded. You, I love the whole and which again you don't get this payoff until even the following series. Mm-hmm. The cleric, the soldier, clerics yes. who are called father. Uh-huh. um Yeah, you don't, you don't get. I mean, wow, talk about Moffat seeding oh, yes. storylines. Yes.
1: We have, the, we have the silence will fall in this. We have um, the headless monks. He talks about. Yes, uh, I mean, there's just so much, and uh, this even calls back to uh, silence in the library because she says about all these things that are ahead of you the wreck of the Byzantium well here it is this is the wreck of the Byzantium they like he it's just like he threw that in uh, as a future thing way back during the the time when the doctor the tenth doctor first met river song uh, and here it is the story playing out and then because this river is from future is from their future she has already had the adventure that we're going to have <laughs> with, with the pandorica so she's already been through that, right? And so she's talking about like, oh, next time you see me, but you, I won't know because I, that's it's my past, your future. <laughs> I just, oh, I just love it. It's, it's, and it still holds together too. That it, what's fun about this watch, rewatching it, is that you're with River now, right? Like when you first exactly. watch it and you don't know who she is and what happens and all that kind of stuff, you're sort of like, what? Just tell him, like, what? Why is the spoilers? Like, Come on! But now knowing because you know what she knows. You have right. those moments, like when she figures out something, you figure it out too. <laughs> you go, "Oh exactly. yeah, because they're talking about that." Oh right, sure. Oh no, this no. She's
2: just. A, I just love
1: the character. Yeah, I. I know I have a ton of audio for this. This stuff I could have gone. I could have gone on and on, but uh, the only thing I pulled from this one uh, is the speech at the end of the first episode because I remember there's also a big kerfuffle uh, in when they did the end of this episode. Is that we get to or the the preview for this episode? I should say for uh, time of the angels is that the preview showed the doctor firing. a gun oh like, right oh, the doctor doesn't fire guns why would you have that because it turns out there's more to it going on than that so then he has this is when the, the angels have been taunting him and taunting him and taunting him and he finally has his big speech where he uh, he gives them a, a warning at the end of the first episode you made me
0: trust you and when it mattered you let me down what are they doing they are trying to make him angry sorry sir the angels were very keen for you to know that Okay. The Angels have made their second mistake because I'm not going to let that pass. I'm sorry you're dead, Bob, but I swear to whatever is left of you, they will be sorrier. But you're trapped, sir. And about to die. Yeah, trapped. you know what? Speaking of traps, this trap's got a great big mistake in it. A great big whopping mistake. More mistakes, sir. Trust me. Yeah. Trust me. Always. You lot, trust me. <laughs> sir, two more incoming. Then give me your gun. I'm about to do something incredibly stupid and dangerous when I do. Jump! Jump where? Just jump as you can. Come on, leave a face, Bishop, on my signal. What signal? You won't miss it. (coughs) Sorry, can I ask again? You mentioned a mistake with Oh, big, big mistake. Really huge. Didn't anyone ever tell you there's one thing you never put in a trap if you're smart? If you value your continued existence, if you have any plans about seeing tomorrow, there's one thing you never, ever put in a trap. And what would that be, sir?
1: (laughs) Me. And of course, he's not shooting an enemy. He's shooting the gravity orb. And so it's going to make them all, they can leap up to the bottom of the ship. which is
2: Yeah. His monologuing is is yeah. it's excellent. Yeah. Well, it's and it's Moffat. I mean, yeah, exactly. Moffat is job. great
1: at that. And, but but and he Smith but Smith delivers that. it delivers it totally well.
2: Yeah. I mean, I like it. I mean, this definitely adds to the certainly extends the um the the legend of the angels.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it makes them really really uh, their vindictiveness yeah. and their yeah, and, and
1: their they turn on to full on villains as opposed to just yes. sort of like uh I don't you know, sort of plot devices. They really have their own agenda and stuff too, and they're and they're kind of
2: dicks. Oh yeah,
1: completely. I mean, that's that's it's a great that's a great moment when they're moving through the whole thing and they're having this conversation about the fact that the people of this planet have two heads, and then they realize none of the statues do. None of the statues do. Oh,
2: (laughs) and Bob, and well, no, and that, and I love, and I love Bob just. There's nothing like somebody in a monotone, like simply plain voice just telling you, well, you're going to die. Yeah, that was
1: a good thing to do as opposed to having an angel talking.
2: Yeah, no, it was really, yeah, it's a great, no, it's a it's a great two-parter. That's but the, but the again,
1: way. Aliens Predator. Right, Aliens Predator. The only thing I'm a little bit like, eh, about is the whole, the image of an angel becomes an angel thing. I, it, yeah. like, it adds to some great stuff with with Amy and the countdown, that's really creepy. And having to keep her eyes shut and wandering through them, it's some great stuff with her. And we also have, in that scene, we also have another, Wobbly, wobbly, timey, wimey thing of it, that. It was one of the things that we thought was a continuity error at the time, but realized no, no, it's deep, deep planning where oh yeah, doctor leaves her, goes running off, and then comes back and comforts her, but he's dressed differently. But we only see the edges, but like he has, he has lost his jacket, and an angel has taken his jacket. Right, the doctor comes back to comfort. He's wearing his jacket again,
2: which I'm sure when you see that first time and you're not, if you're really paying attention, you're like, "Oh, that's a continuity error." But like in production, and (laughs) and you realize, no, no, "No, no, it's a
1: continuity for the show thing. (laughs) Yeah,
2: it's actually a real thing. Like that's that's incredible. I yes, totally. The only negative, well, it's not. I don't know if it's a negative. We're all good in this whole two parter until the final scene of the second part. Okay, and I'm talking about the seduction scene. Oh. (laughs) And look, I don't I don't mind it. It's not it's it's he so pushes the the sensibility of the character for soul. I mean, like, because you've never seen a companion mm-hmm. just completely come on to the doctor. Right. And it just seems it I will admit after you watch them, it's it seems so out of place for the show. <laughs> but I see where it's going and I see why.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it is a little bit like, Oh, whoa, I don't, I don't know. This is, this is, this is weird. Dr. Companion. I don't, I don't know that I like this. Meanwhile, yeah. a thousand slash fictions are, have been launched from this.
2: Oh, of course, of course. Um, <laughs> so, so we get so, other things, but yes. Yes.
1: So we leave the, uh, we leave the uh, river song uh, for now, uh, though she'll be back. Uh, and we travel back into the TARDIS because this is where the second of the uh, shorts they did for the DVD or uh, this is the uh, meanwhile in the TARDIS two? Uh, I believe you have an AKA for this. Is that a leather bikini? <laughs> <laughs> which is actually a quote from the, <laughs> which is a quote from, from 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 the park. Yeah, um, I have a, yeah. I his audio... Poor one. Lila. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Wow, <laughs>
1: one of his companions did have a leather bikini. I mean that was in the that was in the fun seventies people. Yeah, that's a that's a Tom Baker extraordinaire. Yeah. <laughs> She just showed up uh doing some um, behind the scenes stuff for uh the new set for Doctor Who, the new Blu ray set coming out. And they 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 wrote this whole thing for her uh to do like as a stewardess, like talking about the features that are on this new Blu ray set coming out. I oh, believe that's it was, funny, for yeah. Peter Davidson it was it was pretty good. It was nice to see them uh they, looking back into their history and bringing them along oh tegan that's all tegan, tegan tegan, stuff, that's yeah. all tegan stuff yeah so tegan had some uh, had, it's, it's pretty funny too and then it, of course at the end it cuts to the people she's talking to and it's it's the doctor it's the it's uh davison so anyways back to being meanwhile the tars too uh yeah she's she's laying on pretty thick here um and then uh there the, I'm, I, the piece of audio i have is in the middle uh it's where he where the doctor talks about uh why it is that he wants to have like, why he doesn't travel alone, why he wants to have a companion. Oh, yeah, family. good.
0: So, let me play that. Not like that. That's not what I'm like. And what are you like? I don't know. Gandalf. A space Gandalf. A little green line Star Wars. Woman. You really are not. You are a bloke. I'm the doctor. Every room you walk into, you laugh at all the men and show off to all the girls. Do not. What about Rory? <laughs> <laughs> No, that was just an involuntary snort of fondness. You are a bloke and you don't know it. And here I am to hell. That is not why you're here. And why am I here? Because. Because I can't see it anymore. See what? I'm 907. After a while, you just can't see it. Seeing what? Everything. I look at a start. It's just a big ball of burning gas. And I know how it began, I know how it ends. And I was probably there both times. Now, after a while, everything is just stuff. That's the problem. You make all the space and time in your backyard, and what do you have? A backyard. But you, you can see it. And when you see it, I see it. And that's the only reason you took me with you. There are worse reasons. <laughs> I was certainly hoping so. <laughs> uh,
1: and also, that what they... What you can't here uh is that when it says that's the only reason you brought me they changed angles and you see the crack on his monitor all right yeah so i guess they're like that's not the only reason he brought her along but that's what he's making her think
2: and i love the goofy docker thing. yes <laughs> that music again the music is uh-huh. phenomenal in the series yeah
1: yeah so that's a little bit. so i, I say if, if you can i like to say I, I don't know if they're itunes extras but uh they're definitely these two little scenes are, are definitely worth checking out if you can get them from the library or something if you don't want to buy the dvd or slash blu-ray set um but then uh this this takes us from there from there they decide oh we need to go pick up rory and that's what pivots us into episode six the vampires of venice aka bram stoker's abe sapien <laughs> <laughs> this was another episode that i was like kind of dreading to watch. like 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 oh this again and i watched it. I'm like and i enjoyed it more than i thought i would but i still eh, not really a big fan of it there's so they're, here's they're a bunch of stuff in it that they've done better in other episodes and it doesn't quite work and and it parallels almost exactly with um sarah jane smith school invasion oh yeah it's almost the exact same story structure without a sarah jane smith being in it right elite group and changing people because they're aliens and they're actually you know like that it's yeah
2: i i don't know why okay i mean obviously it's a vampire story set in venice i mean there's really nothing there's really nothing else more to say and that the aliens look like abe sapien from from hellboy so that's kind of where i get that um i'll say this for some reason this is it's dumb It's stupid. But I don't know why it's completely watchable.
1: <laughs> it is very watchable. I mean, like the the doctor is—you uh, get to see him sort of running headlong into danger, and then Rory's reaction to this of being like, "Why are you? Guys, you guys are insane!" Well, you get you get that part. You get some very
2: very funny Rory scenes. Yes, but 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 I really love is is the Rory doctor discussion of where he has the moment with him where he goes, "You know, you're completely dangerous." Yeah, because nor I mean, and and it's actually a wonderful dialogue of. You know, you you're dangerous to people because they're, you're a drug, and you're and once they get a, once they get a hit of you, they're willing to do things that no normal person would ever do. Yeah,
1: it's a great exploration. And it is of, fantastic, and by the end of the episode, he's doing exactly that. Yes, <laughs> and to that's somebody. it. No, it. He's got t- it happens to him. Yes,
2: yes. No, I totally agree. Like, I mean, that's the great part of it. I and I don't know. I mean, there's just something. It's we you know it's one of those weird period episodes that
1: I, I'm yeah like the period thing is really good I like I like the I like Venice I like having it was actually shot in Croatia it turns out oh wow yeah, so like oh, I don't think there's funny. any real water at all I think it was all CG water I mean like when they look at like the canals and those, those kind of things uh, except for the big obviously the big uh, swimming pool but yeah there's a it's they try and play the whole uh, like oh our our civilization has been lost just like yours card it doesn't really play yeah uh, no right. and then. There's a couple, I, there's, I guess part of it is that they have established that these are not like, they have not transformed themselves into humans. They are using a thing that makes it look like they are. A perception to per perception some sort of distortion, right, right? Right, so they're, they're, they are they're they really just the, they're Abe Sapien-ish, uh, you know, fish bug alien things running around. You just don't see it. But then sometimes they'll like, uh, they'll like a piece of clothing will fall off or we get pulled off. And it's like, yeah, they're not wearing clothes. Where, oh, <laughs> where is right. it like, and then, and then also when, uh, I don't quite understand, like she has her one son is with her and yet all the rest of her sons are in the pool. Aren't they? intelligent? Aren't they just like him? Like they never got the impression that they had just hatched or something because they seem to be just feral. Like I get, she feeds them a person. Okay. Like I get that. I understand that. But then when she jumps in, she's wearing a perception filter. So when she jumps in, shouldn't they just be like, Hey, it's mom.
2: No, the no, no, no. The perception. Cause he, he does. The son makes a statement on that where earlier in the episode where she gets a little too close and he, and I think the perception filter just, it works autonomously to everything.
1: Oh, Okay.
2: So it puts out, no, no, they, I, I think they actually do kind of deal with that. Um, so it, it's literally self-contained and works on everything that sees it. So that's the first problem. Mm. Um, plus they would also, but at some point they'd realize, wow,
1: this, yeah, this, this just one, tastes just like, like, you know.
2: <laughs> tastes like us. Um, Why would they know that? (laughs) The uh, I don't know why I said that.
1: No, and I think I think the reason why they're all
2: in the water is because one that's that's the normal state, and they only they only they only had two of those
1: things. That was my other thought. Yeah, that's right. The rest of them were all half breeds or whatever.
2: Yeah, they didn't. That's all they had. So yeah, I mean, kind of. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I Again, for some reason, totally watchable. I don't know what it is. It must be Rory. It must be the
1: the acting is good. The the woman it works. Yeah, the, it works. I don't have. A, I don't like. I don't have a big. It's. It's one of those like. Yeah. Okay. It's. It's. You know. It's. it's a fun sort of uh, romp around the thing. I don't want favorites, but like I, I. I didn't go. Oh God, this one. Yeah. <laughs> um. True. It's just. It's just. It is a a, a solid uh, for this part of the season. Perfect place for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Solid mid tier episode. Uh, then we move on to episode seven, Amy's choice, aka the sleepy snap. <laughs>
2: Uh, so, all apologies to the MCU, yeah. but I mean,
1: yeah, <laughs> that, yeah um, go ahead. Well, I, don't know. I, don't, I don't know. How do you dig in on this one? Um, yeah, that's, that's actually a pretty good thing. I have, a, I, have, I have a friend who one of his big things, we're, we're, we're both uh, Trekkers. I guess, are we back to Trekkie now? I don't know. I don't keep up with the fandom that well, uh, but I've seen all the episodes of Star Trek. And one of the things that drives him absolutely insane is when an episode didn't happen. Because there's all these things where like it turns out like oh. it was all a three or, or or like you know like Year of Hell from Voyager, where at the end of it she rams the time ship and everything resets back to the first thing, and so that whole episode never happened, and so he gets so indignant about this, uh, about like you wasted an hour of my time, this didn't even happen in continuity stuff too. Oh, but you know what? Okay, but I'll tell you this.
2: Here, here's well, okay, obviously ridiculous. Yes, that it's a great story with really good overall meaning. And, and the Rory death scene Mm -hmm. is crazy. I mean, like that's, that's the one that's really is the snap. It's the snap before the snap. Right. Right. And it's incredible, but it does get diminished by the fact that the whole thing is due to some pollen stuck in the
1: air filter. Yeah. It's really just something got stuck in somebody's nose. And here we are. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I really cannot stand this episode. Oh, interesting. Okay. a, A huge waste of Toby Jones. I think yeah. it has almost no connection to any continuity. You could snip this episode out of the season and show everybody the rest of the episodes and they would have no idea anything was gone. In a, in a, in a season that is very, very continuity I mean that there's a lot of, uh, of stuff gathering over on and we there's momentum. This is just a little anomaly, a little blip along the way. I it, I mean I really really did not like watching it sort coming up I was like, "Oh, this again." I'm like, "Okay, but you know the rest of the episodes I had negative memories of and I watched and they're pretty good. Not this one." Yeah, this <laughs> just, one yeah, I I will I, I would agree I with that. <laughs> yeah.
2: This one, and, and I think the only thing you get from it, and there's some really weird stuff, like yeah. the, you know, where the Doctor and Amy decide to ram the build. No, like, I mean, just a
1: lot of. I feel like everybody is is it, 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 re- it comes across like fanfic, and, and I'm not saying as a, as a fanfic writer, I'm not saying it negatively. It comes across as bad fanfic. Everyone's just a little bit off. No one's really quite their character. The Doctor isn't really quite right. Amy. Yeah, really that's worried. true. They're all well, a little. I know there's multiple, like they're playing. That's part of the reason. Yeah, times that, and and that right. Stuff. Uh, but yeah I, I, I just yeah I, I don't think any of the they tried a bunch of stuff in the episode I don't think any of it worked yeah I, I'm not a fan of uh, this thing it's I, I, like they get into some relationship stuff and I don't think they really they ask more questions than they answer and the ones right. they answer they answer badly
2: yeah I, this this may just have been a bunch of the crew's grandparents wanted to be in an episode
1: <laughs> this comes across as <laughs> as, the, as the love and monsters kind of thing where <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry, just, I was I was slow to listen <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was like, okay, no, I, you know, I mean, I mean, honestly, I just think, I think the well, and obviously, the only real thing you get out of it is the foreshadowing of Rory, like, yeah. what's what's his future yeah. going to be, and more um, things
1: sticking out of people's mouths, and more. Well, even
2: well, we didn't even say vampires of Venice, same thing, yeah, true, right? They got the the weird, cool vampire fangs. Yeah. You got this one with the crazy Diagnoga, or what's the what's the the, the monster and the trash compactor? Yeah, yeah, Diagnoga, <laughs> yeah. Star Wars. Like, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. This is not. This was probably. This probably is my least favorite yeah. of the season.
1: Oh yeah, something absolutely. Serious. Yeah, it's by far my least favorite of the season. Yeah, yeah it's just I, I, you know, they they tried something and yeah, sometimes doesn't work. You know, sometimes, but amazing, Sometimes you though, get I, blink. Sometimes you get loving monsters. You no, know,
2: I'll tell you what. I come back though. That
1: scene, the great sp- kudos to special
2: effects though on the on the dissolving of Rory at the end. Mm-hmm, yeah, because that was a ver- that was like right
1: out of Infinity War. Yeah, are you true.
2: Yeah, nice job. It's I mean, disgusting. You guys did a really
1: good job. So yeah, I don't think we need to talk anymore about Amy's choice. Nah. Yeah, it's a bad title too. Uh, <laughs> so moving on, the Hungry Earth, aka Rise of the Mole People,
2: <laughs> which which is a which is an actual title of a ridiculous B movie from long ago. Check it out. Yeah. Or wait, I do have an alternate one. Oh, okay, which this one's just weird. The Klingons of the Doctor Who universe.
1: <laughs> That's very true. That's because very true. S- we have now established yeah. the Silurians. Yeah.
2: And what do I mean by that? They look, they look completely different yep. <laughs> <laughs> in multiple iterations. Yeah. If you look into this and into the uh, into Doctor Who, yes. it's crazy. Yeah, if you
1: look at if you look at the evolution of the Daleks, I believe, which is an excellent episode. The Daleks are you can you can you can trace the line and go, oh yeah, that's clearly a Dalek. That's oh well, Cybermen.
2: You can do the same thing. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> well, yeah, the the handles, the, the, the silver. Cyber- yeah, true. But they they had the netting on the face and stuff before. But you can but these, definitely guys, see it, that these guys, you put like an original Silurian next to this current Silurian and you go hey, they're the well, next to next to a sea devil. Yeah. And you're like,
2: what is happening?
1: Yeah, I like bringing back the Silurians. I think they're a good villain. Uh, well, I don't think this needed to be a two parter. Again, I feel like Doctor Who is the king of the unnecessary two parter where I feel like well, they had enough stuff to do even in this season with Time of Angels and Flesh and Stone. I feel like this is another one of those things where like this is too little jam over too much bread.
2: You know what's interesting is one you're getting a little preview, which mm-hmm. I look at. I think it's good. I think it is stretched out. This is definitely the best version of the Silurians. The makeup is amazing. I agree. I
1: think they look fantastic, and they and a great actress too. They have the same actress that they cast for um, the Silurian here. She plays. I think she plays two Silurians in this, and then would end up coming back as Madame Vastra.
2: Right. So she's playing Aleia and Restak yes. in this. Um, Nev uh, Nev McIntosh. Yes. Fantastic looks. The the makeup looks incredible. And you know what? Here's the deal. A really, really, I, I, I actually think there's a there's a two parter we'll get into in Capaldi's um, what is it? His second series where they deal with this same concept of are we as good as can we be as good as we can be?
1: Ah, yes. Mm-hmm.
2: And and it's and I'll tell you what I think it's done. It's done very. That second part we should talk about cold blood. Uh-huh. Very Ooh. emotional when the murder happens yeah. and you realize, wow, we should be better than this. Yeah. It's a really great. It's a great story. You're right. It's it's drawn out. It should have been a one. Yeah,
1: it a I level. don't. I don't have a problem. I mean, like I think. I think it's, it is. It is well produced. It is well acted. Uh, I mean, it's and and they get into and they and they get into some stuff. I mean, that's the thing is they they really yeah. dig in on it, which I <laughs> no pun intended. But well, okay, let's say pun intended. Uh, they 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 go deep again. I'm, This is I can't I can't I can stop myself. You can't stop. You can't just keep going. Now keep going. He get their hands go covered ahead. in the, the keep
2: um. keep digging the hole. Go
1: oh. ahead. <laughs> But they get into some real emotional stuff. I mean, they, they they have some big ideas and they don't like brush them away like you would dirt off your shoe. Yeah. <laughs> okay, 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 we're getting too far from it now. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, this, this is not quite making it a pun off. But uh, they, they they have some, some real things they want to talk about and they talk about them. And I like when Doctor Who does that. So mm-hmm, I give absolutely. them a lot of props for that. And also, as opposed to the other ones, they they tie this into continuity. So we have in addition to just like Silurians and monsters, and there's survivors and no they survive and can humans be better, then you also have this major major thing that ties into all of the rest of the series you have rory 's death, you have the the crack right. uh you have the the shard of the tardis like there's that it's the tardis that's going to explode like and and how much the doctor is keeping from Amy and now how Amy has to react to knowing that the love of her life has been wiped from existence and she never knew he was there. I mean, like, there's all this really, really good uh, dramatic stuff in that.
2: Uh, we didn't say uh, Cold Blood, my yes. alternate oh, title. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Cold Blood, the alternate title. Journey Out of the Land of the Lost. <laughs> because okay as much as i love the Silurian makeup the the masks are way too slea stacky yes, for me yeah um, i am glad the when they
1: pull them all when they pull off the mask you're like oh thank goodness <laughs> yeah thank yeah because the masks are horrible
2: and uh no and and it's you know journey to the center of the earth journey yes. out of it um it's uh, you know, i'll tell you what overall it's great um i did not understand that lady Vostra is not she's a different character she than
1: is. she's is a different character this, this from this family tree i guess or this this oh, line okay. Or like yeah. okay she's not of all the things she's she's from these people uh but yeah she is a different one and i think let's see this is taking place in like 2020 so i guess she would be i don't actually don't know what her because oh, she's in the future too i don't know where she her yeah, timeline we'll to, goes we'll probably get we'll, get yeah we, we'll, we'll have to i'll look up look but, her up more when we get into when she shows up later
2: great I, overall great story again for the reasons we said <laughs> But they d- he definitely, though, tries to re- I mean, he tries to pull something out of a bag in the last five minutes yeah, <laughs> with Rory and the and the cr- and like you said, yeah, the fragment like wow uh-huh. it's you're just a little it's a little much
1: i get the feeling that uh chris turned in the script for cold blood like there it is there's a thing and moffat goes oh it's great fantastic i'm just gonna change one little thing at the I'm end i'm gonna add this no no <laughs> i'm just, gonna add let's
2: just add this at the end and chris is like
1: oh sure? he's, like, he's like one of these days i'm gonna be the boss of this show and i'm not yeah, gonna, yeah, there you go right that's <laughs> gonna it do this to me <laughs> So, all right, so, yeah, so Hungry Earth and Cold Blood, a it, solid. Like I said, I, I think they could have, they probably could have, you know, condensed it down to one, but I understand they have, they have a big idea. They want to go big on it. Absolutely. All right. So then we move on to episode 10, a a fan favorite, uh, a widely beloved episode Vincent and the Doctor, AKA. A beautiful artist. Oh,
2: nice. And I got to say, that is not said at all with any
1: mockery or laugh. I mean, this is yeah. one of the best episodes. Yeah, and this is, this is great because it's, it's written by a, a person who's not known for his Doctor Who work. This is actually written by Richard Curtis, who wrote Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, Bridget Jones' Diary, Love Actually. Like, he's a big-time a romantic uh film writer like he's he's a, he's a, a pretty big deal and the fact that he sort of came we'll see this a lot over the next couple of things of a sort of a an outside writer coming in to write a doctor and then and just knocking it out of the park oh this is yeah and it clearly is a love letter to vincent van gogh but I also find a way to make it a also a thrilling doctor who story and in addition to all those things tackle the issue of depression and uh mental illness, mental illness and 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 yeah. do it in a very mature kind of way where it's like the doctor can't fix him. Yeah. So it doesn't like show up and go, "You know what Vincent, you're great, everything's great, like now you're fine, go and live the rest of your life in joy and peace." Like it's it's something this is this is a problem that is too big for even the doctor to fix. And they they and they don't do it in a sad way. They find a way to celebrate uh the person as they are and not as someone who needs to be fixed.
2: Oh no! It's it's this is a brilliant episode. The guy, how you could have better cast the guy playing Vincent Van. Okay, And we're gonna say yes. Van Gogh, like American. Yeah,
1: yeah I'm so Van Gogh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm so pretentious when I say Van Gogh.
2: Exactly. Um, uh, Tony Curran Cur- Cur- plays plays Vincent. Unbelievable. Like I mean, just fantastic. Um, Bill Nye has yeah, Bill Nye such a great uncredited cameo. Yes, and it's and my God, and he acts.
1: Yes, cool. So, so just, I, I have that too. But for those of you who don't, for who see Bill Nye and you don't know who he is, uh, let me play you a little something that might help you know. Because his most famous role is one that he cannot be recognized for. Do you feel the?
0: Do you feel like dark abyss? All your deeds laid bare. All your sins <laughs> punished. I can offer you. An escape.
1: So, of course, Bill and I played Davy Jones in the Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and 3. Um, and uh, he, he's done a, a ton of stuff since then. He, I think Richard Curtis probably brought him in because of his stuff in love. Actually, he played the the rock star who, who had to <laughs> do oh, a that's terrible right. new version of, a <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which I won't sing because I can't afford the rights. Um, but yeah, so he came in as sort of an uncredited cameo and just knocked it out of the park. Like just a very small role. Like I have to, you just have to deliver this one speech and oh my God.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I
1: have that, I have that too. So let me, like, what we're talking about, let me play that here. Um, as, doctor brings vincent in and this guy is talking about how he feels about vincent van Gogh as a as a artist and as a human
0: Uh, we met a few days ago i I asked you about the church of verse. Uh, oh yes glad to be with help you were nice about my time yes and today is another cracker if i may say so but i just wondered between you and me in uh, a hundred words Where do you think Van Gogh rates in the history of art? Well, um, big question, Um, but to me, Van Gogh is the finest painter in the world. Certainly the most popular great painter of all time. The most beloved. His command of color, the most magnificent. He transformed the pain of his tormented life into ecstatic beauty. Pain is easy to portray, but to use your passion and pain to portray the ecstasy and joy and magnificence of our world, no one had ever done it before. Perhaps no one ever will again. To my mind, that strange, wild man who roamed the fields of Provence was not only the world's greatest artist, but also one of the greatest men who ever lived. It's I'm sorry. I'm sorry, is it too much? No. They <laughs> are tears of joy. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Well, <laughs> Thank you. You're, well, you're welcome. You're welcome. Sorry about the beard. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! Yeah,
1: oh. and I say as an as an artist, <laughs> that is like the dream. And so, like you, you can tell your Curtis are lean into it too. Like as the, all you want is to be recognized for your work, validation, validation.
2: You want validation, yes, no, and, absolutely, and,
1: uh, and to have that that. Level. I mean, is it laying on thick? Sure, but in the context of that episode, it absolutely works. Totally works,
2: and is and is only topped by then the 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 next monologue yeah. when they come back. Do you have that one? I don't. Okay, but when when the Doctor, one of the most, I think actually one of the most famous lines to come out of Doctor Who, probably in the last 10 years of everybody, every life is a pile of good things and a pile of bad things. Yeah. Um, there's a 50th anniversary poster I have that I got as a present for my brother that that's the, I mean, that's the quote that they put on it.
1: Oh, wow. Like,
2: it's it's just incredibly powerful. It's such a great episode. Only other thing I would mention is, um, so there's a group called musical group called athlete. That song is chances. Mm -hmm. That's the song that's playing. They obviously got, I mean, it's a great song Mm -hmm. and they totally got tons of, (laughs) of, you know, FaceTime from this. And I just found it interesting in that how important music is. So this is a side note to this, but if you, you're all familiar with Don McLean and American pie, Mm -hmm. he has another song that is on that album from American pie called Vincent. Mm. That is about Vincent van Gogh go and listen to that song yeah. because listen to that song with retrospect to this episode. Yes.
1: It's amazing. And, it, and if, and if the, the, if the 70s-ness of it gets you, Josh Groban did an amazing cover of it. Oh yes. Um, yeah, That's so right. I would. So if you're, if, even if you're a fan of that, seek out his cover of it. It's, it's, it's tremendous. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was Vincent the doctor. It's, it's a, it's a terrific, terrific episode and
2: a phenomenal episode yeah. leading into. Yeah. Chapter yeah, no.
1: <laughs> eleven. The Lodger, aka the late late odd couple. <laughs> I adore this episode. It is so sweet and funny and strange. It is like it, coming off of the 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 powerful emotions of Vincent and the Doctor. It is yes. like the perfect structure for that because it is so silly and fun, but also a little bit scary and oh my god <laughs> i mean like we know like obviously england has known this forever but james Corden uh was you know at, th- at this point was still an actor he had come off of gavin and stacy which was a big hit in england uh the friends sort of of its time um and he was known as as this as a comedic actor but knowing from where we are now here uh looking back as as he's the karaoke, carpool karaoke guy he's the you know he's the fun host of the late late show like seeing him like this I'm like oh god he's so good he's oh, so good and the, the fact that he has that thing where you he can, he can just wrap you in his emotions like I'm watching this episode and in the in like the first scene of him and Sophie together of Craig and Sophie I am already invested in their relationship like, I'm already leaning forward, like, oh, I hope these two kids can get together. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's a Doctor Who thing, but I'm just like, so like, like oh, man, I, can they work it out? Like, I'm already on board with their relationship.
2: Well, and interesting, um, you know, and I really do like this episode. Like I was saying, it, it, it's such a departure from Vincent and the Doctor. Yeah. But this is normally the episode you, we, we talk about that the main characters usually
1: aren't in as much. Right. Yeah, yeah, this one cause and, Amy is, is is sort of off on her on her own thing in this one. So this this is this is the the slot for the for for Blink for Love and Monsters. Like right. this is the the one of the actors having a light time, so they can they can sort of flex them, and this is that for for that that slot.
2: Well, okay, so but I what I did love is what I and I, and you're I agree with you for all the above. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, James Corden's a greatness. Um, it's a little weird. I you get because <laughs> you're getting a lot of you're getting a lot of um preface to the silence yes. and and all of that um but i mean the only thing okay one okay i love the fact that matt smith gets to have a field day playing yeah. football <laughs> yeah right
1: Cause, yeah because uh, for those you don't know matt smith uh w- when he was a kid his dream was to become a professional footballer that's what he wanted to do he wanted to be a a what in america we would say a soccer player uh, right that's what he wanted to do and then he injured his back uh, and sort of had to give up that dream and sort of discovered acting later and turned out to be, oh, this is the thing I was supposed to be doing, but has always had love for the game. And so in this, he actually gets to show off his, his uh not uh, not insignificant skills. I love the fact
2: that Moffat is so eager to bring in real life pieces of their actors lives <laughs> into the show, yes. which I, I really appreciated that yeah. in this episode. Yeah, Um. now the only thing that OK, the only thing weird that gets weird is. So this is so basically the silence is trying to make their own TARDIS Mm -hmm. and the TARDIS that that creation of that TARDIS is what's keeping
1: his TARDIS from landing on Earth. It's what I what I understand from from the the write ups is that um, there because it is it has warped time. Essentially, it's causing time loops like we see that on the soccer field. ha 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 ha, like that kind of thing. The TARDIS won't land because there's time distortion because uh, it's it. it's you know it's not it's not regular like a TARDIS can land next to another TARDIS but this one is throwing off so much let's say background radiation but in terms of temporal that it can't get in so it gotcha. needs the doctor to go and solve that thing so it can actually land and not have a you know a coronal distortion
2: so the it's the right it's the right amount of humor funniness mm-hmm. I love yeah I mean again I love the odd couple dynamic the only negative I had about it was it really does soften the blow of the horrible murder of seventeen people. Yes,
1: <laughs> wacky one fun that like, oh yeah. Also, there's a pile of corpses upstairs.
2: Like, hmm. Okay, <laughs> that's odd. That's the only thing. And you know, I, no, didn't, even, I didn't even
1: remember it as being tied into the silence. Oh right. Yeah, because like I had as I was as I, I watched the episode, I'm like oh man, it was really good. And I was reading the synopsis, and it was sort of like they talk about the doctor looks at the the pilot. And he goes, oh, and he turns and he turns away and completely forgets that the pilot's corpse is there. Because it's right. part of the silence. Because, like he like, because we'll fight. That's what their 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 thing is. And like and yeah. the ship is built the same way, like it's all that stuff. I did I did not realize this was them laying the groundwork for the silence later on. And I also did not realize that a single silence is called a silent. Ah. I was like, well, okay. They referred to that online a lot too. And I was like, oh, I'd never really heard that term. It's always the silence. Um, but yeah, I love it. and I'm glad that we're going to see Craig and Sophie again. Oh, uh, yeah. I like that. Yeah, this is great. and But also an interesting tonal shift from where we're going to go because like you thought Time of the Angels <laughs> oh. got in some wibbly wobbly time. Boy, oh boy, are we going to get into it here? This is what we call full Moffat as we get into the Pandorica Opens, a.k.a.
2: Okay, so I want to say 7-Eleven, but I think there's copyright issues with that, so I'm going to say eleven. So <laughs> okay, and only because, look, because the whole episode you are saying, uh-huh. what's in the box? Uh, what's in the box? Come what's on. In the box, right? I mean, okay, here's the thing. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. He does, I think this is such a, the whole opening sequence of tying everything together yes
1: yes. having i don't know i don't know if they shot all that stuff when they were shooting those episodes knowing this was coming or they brought everybody back for it but i mean yeah you bring in liz 10 and churchill and uh you know vincent van gogh like i mean all these just back like every single one like like saying like hey it's it's, it's almost it's it's show off in a way that only shorter can be like hey by the way I planned this the whole time and here's how I prove it. <laughs> well, and, and, okay. And, and here's the thing. It's it, the, this, this is my
2: three notes I had on this. Yeah. One, that opening is, is just gorgeous yes. and really well done. Yeah. That ending song. montage to the music mm-hmm. is like, take the very best, you know, those silent montages set to a very ethereal epic soundtrack. You haven't seen that done since lost.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Hmm.
2: So well done. And here's my lack. My comment was, I'm not sure I know completely what's going on, but boy, boy, is it pretty?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's absolutely true. I, I was going through, I'm, I was like trying to f- keep the thread running. Like, i I'm like, cause, cause I had forgotten so much of the, all the, that stuff, all of the, 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 the cracks in time. And like, why did Amy not know what a Dalek was? Like all that, all those things I had forgotten the, the, the intricacies of it. And so I, even this one, I was like concentrating, like trying to like, okay, I want to follow his thinking through this stuff. I think, think i got it mostly but even there's some stuff where i go uh, okay like <laughs> no it, it right. definitely i'll tell you what uh, when
2: i first saw it i remember thinking okay i don't again i don't know what's going on but it's pretty yeah seeing it again doing a little bit of research yeah actually he does a much better job of of explaining all his timey-wimey moments mm-hmm. um and especially in the big bang yeah which, which we can yeah, transition we, right into but
1: yeah well let's let's stick with the credit because we haven't the, the thing we haven't talked about in the Pandora opens yet is the speech oh yeah so let me me, so they obviously the the one of the biggest sort of matt smith moments in the whole thing is the speech And this if you watch any highlight reel thing you'll do this so he has a big speech and so here's a little bit of the speech from the pandora opens
0: Drafting. could you all
1: just stay still for a minute because i am talking yeah. all right so i so that was the speech but i would not buy that that is something called the doctor who kid uh he is uh, online you can find he is a kindergartner and he had memorized that speech and in full costume performs it to the end i'm not going to okay. anything. so search youtube for doctor who kid it is the best he is adorable uh, so I don't want to steal their thunder by playing the whole thing for you, but it's definitely worth seeking out. It's really, really good. Okay, for for three
2: seconds, you really had me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's yeah, it's really good. So I'll I'll, I'll play the real one now, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the speech. So here's is, here's is actually Matt Smith performing the Pandorica speech. Hello,
0: Stonehenge. Who takes the Pandora, takes the universe. But bad news, everyone. Guess who? Who? not You lot, you're all whizzing about. It's really very distracting. Could you all just stay still a minute? Because I am talking! Now, the question of the hour is, who's got Pandorica? Answer, I do. Next question, who's coming to take it from? Come on! Look at me! No plan, no backup, no weapons worth a damn. Oh, and something else I don't have. Anything to lose. So, if you're sitting up there in your silly little spaceship with all your silly little guns and you've got any plans on taking the Pandorica tonight, just remember who's standing in your way. Remember, every black day I ever stopped you. And then, and then, do the smart thing. Let somebody else try first.
1: <laughs> now, if I had full rights and I had, you know, three hours of your attention, I would, I would, I would uh, place a lot more audio for you. Because one of the big things that happened after this came out for the next couple of years was people going to conventions and asking previous doctors to perform the speech. So if you go on YouTube, and I say if you're a huge Doctor Who fan, this is a great way to spend half an hour. (laughs) Search for the Pandorica speech, and you'll see colin baker doing it you'll see peter davison doing it you'll see um uh pretty much all of the the doctors who are, are still out and about doing it not i haven't seen david Tennant version i haven't found that one if, if that says and of course not chris Freckleston. um but any of the rather the living doctors they all perform it and it's interesting to hear them do it very differently because from what i can gather none of them had ever seen it performed by matt smith <laughs> oh, interesting! I don't think they had ever watched it, so they're basically doing a cold read of it too. And and some people have now taken that audio and put the big musical score behind it and that kind of stuff too. Right? But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to see because it's it, it was one of those like um flashbulb moments for Doctor Who fandom. This, so this it, speech.
2: it it's um you know here's the deal mm-hmm. like it's it's great, but yes. it's it's the theme of Matt Smith's throughout this entire series. Yeah. These big topics of oh yeah come yeah let bring it yeah. right
1: <laughs> come at me the real
2: well, there's the real funny part of me that like imagines this to like just just have the the Raiders of the Lost Ark scene where like one of the ships just goes down and shoots him dead, and then everyone just goes oh that's the end of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> problem solved. So yeah, problem solved. Oh, there it is a great speech. I love it. I, I love it. Oh, he yeah. does. They they deliver such a great straight job with the score and his. Now watching it, I go, oh yeah, that speech is a whole lot of nothing. Because yes. the doctor is doing it from a place of like, I have the thing, you all want the thing, and they're all up there going, "This moron." So what? We'll come and get you know, it. We're not here to try and get it. We're here to put you into it. Like yeah. all of yeah. them are in on one thing, and like, because that's the thing is like, you have this impression that all the like all them going, "Oh, the Daleks!" Are like, "Oh, we must not be." The, I mean, you know. no, no, they're all just laughing at him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> sorry if I ruined the Pandora speech for anybody out there, but.
2: No, reality, you should already yeah, that's what it is no spoiler because it yeah. turns
1: out that it's a, a huge coalition of the willing uh who all have teamed up to get rid of the doctor uh and they put him in there so is the idea that when they put him in there it it essentially it functions like the crack and it erases him from space and time like i, I don't i this is this is the part that where i lost the thread and, and it could have been that i was watching it late at night um that that when the doctor gets put in the Pandorica, he's not there to stop the TARDIS from exploding. And so it yeah. gets wiped out because the explosion of the TARDIS ripples through space and time.
2: Uh, listen, you, you I, I, yeah. yeah I I think, okay. In addition to that, it regenerates whatever's inside. Yes, the, why, why, in would walk, why, why would it do that? Why would it do that? Why is it flyable? Because <laughs> yes. it shouldn't have to fly I, anywhere. Like, I mean, like, no, I, look at it. You're, you're you're leading up to which leads into the. Yeah.
1: So then uh, from that, we like to in, moves into episode 13. The Big Bang,
2: a- a.k.a. Mm-hmm. A theory of relativity. Mm, OK. All right. <laughs> OK, that's a little deep, yep. right? Or much simpler. And I'm spoiling the end when the TARDIS is a rock and don't come and knock it. Which We'll get into this, right? Yeah. I mean, here's the deal i i mean look at uh, how do i sum up how do i sum this up right. again beautiful right yeah. i know a lot's going on rory
1: the mm-hmm. whole century oh, yes. okay well, i mean like if anybody who is like on the fence about rory oh boy, come they go on, out yeah. of their way to be like oh by the way rory greatest guy in the universe absolutely Everyone, all of us who had fallen in love with amy by this point like now we go oh yeah that rory is the guy like he is he's is absolutely the guy
2: so, so an interesting, well, okay, so this is my interesting wrap up as you, as you kind of wrap up the series and this all comes, it comes to fruition in this episode. Oh, yes. Okay. One. So a, a simple little vortex manipulator on, a, on the wrist mm-hmm. solves a
1: ton of plot holes. <laughs> it does, but I, he, he sort of explains that a little bit as because everything is compressed, it makes it easy for him to just of course. hop from place to place. So I don't think, no, that's not like, totally that, get it. oh, they should have it around all the time.
2: No, 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 no. I totally, no. I totally understand that. It's just still a. Con- it's a convenient it is, plot device. It is, a, it is. literally a plot device. <laughs> it literally is. Yeah. I mean, and, and the way, and typical Moffat. Uh-huh. The way you see how I, I love this is one of the few times where all of the weirdness uh-huh. actually gets completely explained. Yes.
1: Yes. It's great because not only do you have the the weird timeline thing of like the doctor not being there and and these objects showing up, but then you have this mysterious figure with, with a fez <laughs> showing up and doing that. And then you get to see all of the effect preceding cause. And then you could just see absolutely. Wow, yeah, and then, and stuff paying off later on. And yeah, I mean, it's, it is incredibly well plotted out episode for a wibbly wobbly timey wimey sort of uh, season finale blockbuster. And the, but the only, thing, <laughs> the only thing that gets me is, and I do find this interesting and I don't, this is not too deep
2: of a thought here. Obviously, there's always Doctor Who and religion is always is always been a very interesting comp, you know, uh, composition. Yes. Um, and Moffat, I think, has been a little is certainly a little critical, right, of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But what I find interesting is, is that one of the big themes of this entire series and of the show since the reboot mm-hmm. is that we can believe our way out of a situation. That's true. It's clearly on display at the end of this
1: episode. Yeah. Belief and memory are big things for Moffat.
2: Belief. I mean, like between between can we can we talk Rory into being a real boy yeah. and not a wooden boy? Yeah. And and the big thing at the end where I'm going to believe the doctor into back into existence.
1: <laughs> That's right. Which I find interesting. Like, I just I, I like it. I just am like, it was also one of those things where they, they did such a good job that <laughs> I, I had forgotten. Something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. And something the TARDIS cool. shows up. And it was like, oh, of course. Like <laughs> the, the the there's the reality distortion field around that. Of course that would work right perfectly to that and have him show up in his full on tuxedo and
2: oh no. It's and and just, and the whole thing at the end with I mean, well one, yeah, okay, so the the resolution is great. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it is funny the whole the fez thing uh-huh. and the lighting and like yeah. you said, like the yeah. Fez,
1: again, a thousand cosplays were launched. <laughs> of one oh yeah, fez. no, you
2: know, exactly. Just like we've talked about in the past, yeah. this is one little thing, and everyone snags onto yeah. it. Just the, the again, the visuals. This the the show looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of how he flies the Pandora <laughs> in the TARDIS
1: explosion, yeah. and it's the <laughs> restoration feel. He, he he, you can extrapolate everything from a small thing like one cell. Can you can create an entire body from. So apparently, one element of the universe, the original universe, you can restore it to its full power as the Dalek was restored by the thing, even though it should have been out of continuity, out of of chronology, whatever you want to say. So if you take that element and that restorative light and put it in a thing that's going to spread it everywhere at the same time, the explosion of the TARDIS, then it will cause that whole thing to restart. That is, that is how I understand it. I don't know if that's right or not, but that is how I understood it.
2: Well, wait, and you know, and actually take it back to a little bit of a darker space. So if you read the notes on this, like at Wikipedia in mm-hmm. different places. So Amy, she, when her young self touches the Pandorica, yes, that's what transfers the DNA for them to basically restore her.
0: Yes,
1: because yes, yeah, she had been injured and they put her in the Pandora to keep her alive. And it was, it needed a, a sample of her, dna as it should be in order to restore her to that
2: well wait so wait well actually i'll go i mean actually she's been dead for 1900 years inside the pandora uh, uh,
1: uh only mostly dead
2: yeah i i, <laughs> I got that. i mean i was like really because that's what you have basically been saying no i mean it's you know what it's just fun you've got to check your brain at the door for yeah, a little bit exactly. of it I, I found this way more satisfying than some of the tenant two-part enders mm-hmm. true i yeah, I mean, th- that I will definitely say. So, you know, I like it. And then, of course, the ending is kind of funny when he shows up at the wedding. Yeah. You know, one, that her parents are getting her parents get restored yeah. in this version of the universe. And then the silly giraffe. I mean, I know people <laughs> have made a lot about that with him dancing. <laughs> uh-huh. um, he has a great moment with River Song, yep. Where which she, is wonderful. Yeah, she
1: talks about like, you know, because she does obviously she's from later, but she knows that he's about to find out all sorts of stuff, which we will talk about in, in series six.
2: So I love that, and and yeah, which would come to the end of well, the honeymoon is spent in the TARDIS. That's which, which right, is, which is which is comes to my exactly. title ties in
1: very very directly into season six. So there we go. Yeah. So all right. So yeah. So that was that was series five. Uh, the, our our Moffat as showrunner, um, uh, Matt Smith and uh, Karen Gillan as the the main stars, and of course Arthur Darville and uh, lots of other uh, great actors coming into it too. It's, it is it is a knockout buffo of a season. It really has a, like a lot of some of favorite episodes are in this. I mean, they really went all out for it and it shows. You could see the energy, the excitement of we get to we get to be doctor we get to control doctor who now. This is going to be great.
2: Well, and strong and very strong for a doctor's first series. Yeah. Overall much stronger than we've obviously seen.
1: Right. Or, or we'll see. Yeah, exactly. And we get to see a lot of things uh, starting out here that not only plotline stuff like, you know, like the crack and like uh, the silence and those kind of things, but also the quirks and the foibles and stuff that we're going to see later on the speechifying and uh, Amy Rory relationship. I mean, all these things that are established here that are going to be end up uh used uh, again and again and again over the next couple of years awesome so yeah it was, it was very uh, good really, really solid season so fun so all right thank you all for listening uh we will be back uh, next time to talk about series six and we're going to get some some really serious reverse song stuff um if so if you're you're a fan of that that's coming if you're not then and then uh, yeah then we'll uh, of course we'll start out with dusk discussing christmas outstanding so uh, as always thank you rob for joining me Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Engineer Alice. Uh, She makes everything sound so much better than it actually is. All the professionalism comes from her, all the mistakes are my own. We will uh, see you next time. Um, Keep on... Flying, keep on partisan, keep on time traveling. I don't know. I need to have a good sign off phrase. Uh, See you next time. Bye. You've been listening to a Legible Scrawl audio production. Find out more about us at our website, legiblescrawl.com. You follow us on Twitter, at legiblescrawl, or find us on Facebook. The music you're listening to is Zazzy by Kevin McLeod. You can find out more about him at incompetech.com. And as always, you're welcome.